Welcome back to Mindfully Audacious, y'all. I am Jay Stewart, a cursy word loving, neurotic ADHDer, and the founder of The Audacious Crew, a community for anxiety and self healing. I, for real, for real, used to be a toxic girl. I'm talking revealing a former friend's secrets to her parents and not feeling no type of way about it toxic. It's been a journey, and I'm going to take y'all for a ride real quick. But before we jump in, can you subscribe and leave me a review? I mean, we're getting a little serious now. You're about two-ish episodes in, and I know you got thoughts. What do you want to see from me? What do you what do you like about the podcast so far? What would you adjust? Press pause on this episode, por favor, and let me know in your review. Please and thank you. For the longest time, I had no idea how detached I was from my body. My early 20s were a time, honey, okay? But in my 30s, I have also realized Romantic relationships still can trigger my defense mechanisms and they prohibit me from going deep. It's just something that I've learned throughout my relationships. Here is a clip from my voice diary, two days post breaking up with the abusive narc. That's what we'll call him. Please disregard Zen in the background going ham on that goddamn toy. And just able to reach into the depths of vulnerability that I haven't before. Just be comfortable with them understand that feeling is okay feeling is what i'm meant to do and even though i feel like i'm starting to feel later in life it doesn't make it any less significant if anything i think it makes it more impactful because i can now like reflect on all my prior experiences and see see the opportunities that i had to be more vulnerable so going back to the friend I'm going to tell this story to the best of my ADHD trauma cannabis memory. (laughs) So if you know me, IRL, give me a little grace and don't come for me. Okay, y'all, I'm trying my best out here. (laughs) So I thought that I had found yet another forever friend. I am one of the people that is blessed to have many friends that she's known for over a decade, some even 15, 20 years. Ashley not her real name, obviously. And I met at a kickback and hit it off almost immediately. You will see us together literally all the time. (laughs) Looking back, I think I was like enamored or fascinated. You know how you meet somebody while drunk and you find them so captivating, but you can't figure out why? Yeah, it was like that. Ashley and I quickly started calling one another our twin because we felt so similar. So many things lined up and the rest was history. You know how people say traveling reveals a different side of people? Well, I understood what they meant after Ashley and I took our first road trip. What I didn't realize was that Ashley wanted to spend time with this guy she had been crushing on. Not specifically have a fun girls trip like I thought. In retrospect, though, I don't fault her. I completely understand why she was excited. She really liked this dude, and she wanted to spend time with him away from her overbearing parents. So I think this led her to doing things that I wouldn't have thought she would have done, but they made me uncomfortable. And so I started to question if it was going to be a long-term friendship after all, because I had already started to see things that didn't really align with what I wanted in a friend. 
I don't remember exactly what set it off, but we ended up having a huge disagreement and our friendship ended. Obviously, I was beyond hurt, but I wouldn't tell you that. Not me at that time. And not because it wasn't true, but because I didn't know that I was hurt. Because I wasn't in tune with my body and therefore my emotions, I couldn't channel sadness. I channeled rage. It's a lot easier to find rage than it is many other emotions when you are cut off from them. I definitely wanted revenge. And I wanted to make her hurt because I guess that I thought that it would make me feel better somehow. What I did was I ended up revealing to her parents that she had been lying about many things, including lies about sleeping over at my place when she was actually with that guy. And it got uglier, but truthfully, I can't really remember what else I told her dad. I just remember callously sending some lengthy texts. Shocker, doing that did not make me feel any better. And hearing that she was hurt didn't bring me the vindication that I thought that it would. Instead, I felt tremendous shame and embarrassment. I racked my brain trying to understand why the fuck I did that to somebody that I I claim to love and care for because you don't do that when you love and care for somebody. Her absence actually initiated a major shift within me. I started to reflect more and I ended up asking a mutual friend of ours what he thought about me wanting to apologize. He definitely didn't see a problem with it, but because he knew who I was, he imparted to me that it took two. And I shouldn't take all the blame because both of us could have done better. So I mustered the courage to do something I had never done before at that point, which was genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, apologize for my behaviors. I also knew that I had to do it face to face, which scared the fuck out of me. I didn't want to take what I consider the cowardly way and just send a text. Because some things you you have to do in person. And I decided to do it at a party sometime later. I knew that she would be there and a couple of our mutual friends. And I remember what I can't remember is we were standing either like we were in the party, but I, I feel like maybe we like kind of walked away from like whatever the main event was that was going on. And there was a mutual friend or a couple that were standing there as I tearfully apologized to Ashley who stood there semi-stone-faced. The air was as clear as it could be at the time. While I didn't exactly want our friendship back, I absolutely wanted her to know I was truly sorry. And I think she did. Because not too long after, we actually were cool again, or cordial, I'd say. And she brought up the idea of us maybe meeting again to do a road trip. But because I am not keen on repeating the past, I rode down with a separate friend and, you know, we were, we kept it cute, but there was no way that we were going to back, going back to the way that we were. And to this day, we aren't friends. We don't talk. We still share mutual friends, but I haven't seen her, I think, since the last time we took the the trip 2.0. But I am 100% grateful that we did meet because that experience with her, I truly believe kicked off my healing journey. I think as painful as it was for me, me seeing how I could hurt somebody 
in that manner really, really caused a shift in me. My life motto, siempre en evolución, or forever evolving, came to me during the time between our falling out and the apology. But I made it official and I got it tattooed maybe like a year or so later, I can't recall. Since then, there have been instances of me exhibiting toxic behaviors because I am a fucking human being and healing is a lifelong journey, not a chapter. But my tattoo is a reminder that regression is not an option for me. I act, I reflect, I evolve. That's who I am. It's who I will forever be because I choose to be this way. I have changed so much that I do not recognize that hurt child who was masquerading as a grown-up 10 or so years ago. Shit, even my oldest friends now, they regularly tell me how different I am, how much more confident I am, how much more vocal and open I am. And I truly believe that it started because of me and Ashley falling out. I did something ugly, but it evolved into something beautiful for me. It was the start of becoming vulnerable and finding my own power. I don't have to tear anybody down to build myself up. That is low-level, whack bitch behavior, baby. And we don't do that over here. You want my honest, unfiltered advice? Send your questions to askj, A-S-K-J-A-I, at theaudaciouscrew.com. Put anonymous in the subject line if you're a private girl. And I will respect your privacy, baby. Today's letter comes from Anon. Anon says, Hi, Jay. I'm struggling right now because I keep finding myself in toxic relationships. I don't know why this keeps happening, but it's really taking a toll on me. Every time I think I've found someone who is good for me, it turns out that they're not. I'm just feeling really lost and hopeless right now. I don't know what to do to break this cycle. I feel like I'm just doomed to keep making the same mistakes over and over again. If you have any advice, I would really appreciate it. I'm just feeling so lost right now and I need some help. Thank you. Well, first of all, Anon, let me just say being able to recognize the cycle is progress. We can't break cycles that we don't know we're in. So child, I'm gonna need for you to be proud of yourself for being able to see something you haven't seen before. Celebrate that. Second, I hear you and I see you. The humbling part about this is having to admit you're the one getting yourself in these situations. I ain't judging because I've been there. I got a t-shirt, okay? If you don't want to continue the cycle though, you don't have to. Your life is comprised of your decisions. If you choose to want better for yourself, then you can have better. But one of the reasons why you're, you're locked in these cycles is because our relationship patterns are modeled after the ones that we grew up around or in. So if your parents or guardians had dysfunctional-ass relationships, that's what's familiar to you. So subconsciously, you seek it out. Healthy people seem boring because they don't feel familiar. They feel whack. They feel unseasoned. But to break the cycle, you got to look within. That's where it all starts. Do you have limiting beliefs that make you feel unworthy of healthy reciprocal love? Or maybe is your confidence or self-esteem kind of low? Do you think maybe you're seeking out a partner to complete you rather than putting in the energy into completing yourself? 
there are a lot of people out there looking for the other half, not realizing that can't nobody give you that. If you out there seeking for something that should be within, you forever going to be seeking, baby. And it's going to hurt. Basically, what I'm saying is you'll have to do some deep work to figure out why you pick the partners that you do, because there is a commonality you might not be aware of. It's more than just I keep ending up in these cycles. It's actually something that is ingrained in you and you'll have to work with somebody to get past it or do deep work on your own. Personally, I would recommend working with a therapist if you can, because they have the education and the tools to create a personalized plan to help you move past this. I also find that working with a therapist has made progress easier for me. And that might also be your case too. It's a lot easier to work with somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing (laughs) than trying to figure it out on your own. It takes a lot longer. It's doable, but it takes a lot longer. So check the episode notes down below or the audaciouscrew.com blog for two free weeks of virtual therapy with BetterHelp. But besides therapy, BetterHelp actually has some really bomb-ass groupinars that people do not talk about. Those groupinars really were eye-opening for me. I took one that was called, I think, something like how to be the partner you want to be with. And that thing was eye-opening as fuck. Also, I will link Open Path Psychotherapy Collective in the description and on the blog. Open Path is super lit as well. They offer inclusive, affordable therapy for middle and lower income levels. You just have to pay a lifetime fee, which is like literally a one-time fee of, I believe, $60. And if you pay that one fee, then you get access to the very cheap per session rates. And I know therapy can be a big jump, so... My bad if I freaked you out. (laughs) You know, I got book wrecks on deck, baby. Okay, the forever evolving book club is in full effect. Two books that immediately came to me when I saw your letter. I think you should try reading Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment, or Co, well, and or Codependent No More. Both of those books I think would really help you a lot. Full disclosure, I haven't finished um, Codependent No More. It was recommended by another member of the Audacious Crew. And who better to take a recommendation from than somebody who in the same shit as us, okay? But I hope that those recommendations help you. Be sure to check the description and the blog, either or. Best of luck. Well, y'all, it's been fun. I hope this was eye-opening for you. I had a great time, as per usual. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe. And if you didn't already, please leave your girl a review. Or at least hit me with a, a star rating, okay? Preferably on the higher end. You know, we we I'm feeling like a five-star chick, but also, you know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> if ratings are available on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, I would greatly appreciate it if you took, you know, like 30 seconds to just, you know, give me a little ranking. I would also appreciate it if you could take 30 additional seconds to type up a couple of characters and tell Jay what she need to do. We love feedback, especially when it's constructive, okay? Okay. Remember. The podcast is bi-weekly. I know I spoiled y'all with three episodes right up front, but I wanted to let you know kind of what we were getting into, what the, what the feel is going to be. Also, I wanted to make sure this is more of a collaborative effort because, you know, I am a woman of the people. I want to make sure y'all are taking something from this because I got stories for days. <laughs> when I tell you the ADHD and the anxiety be having your girl over here thinking, introspecting, reflecting. Yeah, child. Mm, y'all should see this voice diary. Anyway, it's been fun. I will see y'all in two weeks. 
I wish you the best. Be mindful and be audacious, baby. <laughs> <laughs>